What is up, everybody? Welcome to the third installment of the Talk the Plank podcast. I am your host, Ashley. Or some of you may know me as EMT underscore Abrams on Twitter. Um, I hope y'all like that beginning music. Um, I just had my 23rd birthday this week, so I had to change it up just for the celebration. Um, today, we're going to be talking about the draft. And actually, I have a couple of unpopular opinions. You know, I want to see if maybe, well, I think they're unpopular. You know, some fans I know for a fact disagree with me on a couple of these things, but. I just want to, you know, get some things off my chest that I've been feeling and, you know, see how you guys feel about it as well. So, the biggest thing right now in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers world, besides the draft, is Gerald McCoy. Gerald McCoy has been talked about being on the trade block. The team is trying to shop him very hard. They're not getting a lot of bites. Um, At this point, they're kind of stuck with maybe either releasing him or even, you know, trying to sell him off for something a little bit cheaper to try and make room for the draft picks they have to sign. As you know, right now, the Tampa Bay Bucks sit about $2.5 million in cap space, and they need about $10, $11 million to sign all the draft picks. Um, in my honest opinion, as much as I love Gerald McCoy, and I've been a very big advocate of his career, I feel like he'll end up being released. I don't really see... A team wanting to to, to uh, part ways with a draft pick, or you know even cash to acquire a player with a 13 million dollar cap hit. Gerald McCoy has been you know one of the only guys the Bucks have really had on that defensive line for years. He's been the forefront of the brutality of just taking double teams, and he's sustained injuries, but he's really been the guy that has you know, shown that he can handle that kind of workload. Um, he was the guy, when you thought of Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense the past seven, eight, nine years, that he has been the guy that his name has come up. You know, guys like Bill Belichick have even come out and said, you know, we plan for Gerald McCoy. We are the ones that look at that tape and know that he has the fastest get-off time of anybody on that line. And he's going to be coming after us at full force. We have to stop Gerald McCoy. And, of course, this is before Gerald, um, sorry, excuse me, JPP came onto the scene, you know, and other players like Vita Vea and Carl Nassib. But we're talking about the Jacquees Smiths. We're talking about, you know, all these guys that just really, you know, after they left the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, haven't found another team to play for. Guys like Robert Ayers, guys like, you know, Clinton McDonald, these guys who have just, you know, Chris Baker, these guys who played and started on this team that were surrounding, you know, Gerald McCoy really had very little impact. He was still taking on double teams and having to force a lot of these, you know, game-changing, game-saving plays. And I feel like he doesn't have the respect that he needs. I feel like he's a scapegoat. I feel like he's the last guy that this team can really, not the team, but, you know, the fans in general have, you know, to blame. You know, was it Jason Light? Was it teams and coaches before him? You know, the player level before him that really, you know, didn't pan out or is it you know Gerald McCoy and I really feel like Gerald McCoy is one of the top you know has been one of the top defensive players in this league since he's entered it and stats are good and fine a lot of you have seen that I've posted stats before on players Um, I post a lot of stats when talking about discussions and opinions and such like that which is fine 
But Ball doesn't lie. Ball will always tell the truth. And I love watching a lot of film. And Joe McCoy on film, the way he uses his hands is is remarkable. The way he's able to just move guys that are bigger and, you know, move double teams and still, you know, create penetration and still create havoc is just blows my mind. And, you know, he's getting up there in age and everything, but he still has it. You can sit here and say he only had six and a half sacks, but, you know, this guy has been injured for most of his career, and you can sit here and say it was injury prone, but... You know, you'd get injured too if you were facing double teams after every single play. You're playing all these snaps every single game because you're needed on that field. You're taking accountability. You're playing injured. You're playing through all that pain. So, you know, it kind of hurts me seeing Gerald McCoy be put, you know, in this situation. You know, the Bucks need that money. Um, there really isn't anybody, I think, otherwise that can that can really get cut besides maybe, you know, not cut, but also traded um, Cameron Brait that could really free up some space. But the Bucks don't have a lot of fat they can trim other than maybe William Golston, Evan Smith. But that, you know, that has to add up to the money they need. You know, are you going to part with your nose tackle who, you know, kind of built this defensive front that you're now trying to build around and adding very solid pieces but you know, are you gonna are you gonna lose that anchor? Are you gonna drop your anchor, or are you gonna pull it back up with you? And you know, you know, you're gonna bring it to the promised land that it's been trying to get to for so many years. So, and like I said, I love Jordan McCoy, and I would hate to see him be in any other uniform than a Buccaneers uniform. You know, I want to be able to repay him for everything he's done for this franchise, take him to the playoffs, and really show the league. Show the league what, and you know, the team, what he is really made of, what this team is really made of. And, you know, I really hope that maybe the Bucks can figure something out, maybe with restructuring contracts, what I thought what they were doing with Mike Evans. Um, but at this point, I just can't see him making it to week one, and that really makes me upset. And I know some of you have called for Gerald McCoy's head, but I just don't see why. I really think that Gerald McCoy is the reason why the Bucks had, you know, any real defense at all before these these last maybe two years when they've been able to add some of these really good solid players like JPP and those I've said before. But um, yeah, moving on a little bit, I want to bring over some other unpopular opinions. Um, I mentioned in my last episode or the first episode about free agency signings and you know I've kind of changed my mind a little bit. I'm really really excited for the linebackers we picked up Shaq Barrett and Dion Buchanan. I think they're going to be studs. I think him excuse them next to Levante David they're really going to ball out. They're both guys who are starving for a chance to show what they can really do. Shaq Barrett put out a little presser earlier this week where he had said he's ready to show his full his full arsenal of pass rushes and really show the league, you know, what they missed out on. Show the league that he can be a top top guy in this league. And I really think he can do it. I think he and Levante David are going to you know, end up being some of the top linebackers in this league this year, and I'm super excited for that. But I, when I had said that Bradley Pinion, the new Bucks kick 
the New Bucks punter is going to be my most anticipated free agency signing. A lot of you kind of, you know, asked me why. He's just a punter. Why? What does he really do for the team? And while Brian Anger, you know, you can look again at stats, and Brian Anger's average was a little bit better than Bradley Pinion's, but you have to remember that Bradley Pinion is a dual threat. He can make kickoffs and not have to put that pressure on Cairo Santos. Cairo Santos can just focus on kicking field goals while he can get more touchbacks and force, you know, not let teams take the ball out of the end zone and get good field position. He can pin them down there. And I've also posted a video of him punting from his own 20-yard line and bombing punts onto the other 15 of the 20, this guy has the leg to flip the field and change the field position woes of the Buccaneers. The Bucks have always let teams really just run rampant with these big returns. Couple guys miss, couple guys have a holding, and they're back up to, you know, they're already at the 35-40 yard line. Bradley Pinion can pin these guys so when, you know, the Bucks can't score the football, you know, every single drive as much as we like to, as much as their offense is more than capable. You know, there's still going to be times where the team just can't get it done. And I think that Bradley Pinion brings that, that key component of being able to really just flip the field when it's needed. And Brian Anger has done a great job over the years for the Buccaneers. Um, I'm really glad he was a part of this team. But the last two, maybe three seasons, his his kicks have started to waver a little bit. You know, we saw him maybe um, shank a few kicks, or some of them only went at like 30 yards, um, and really end up in, you know, fav- favorable field position for the other side of the, you know, the other team. And that's something at $2 million you just can't have. I think Bradley Pinion is going to really you know, help this defense out a lot that struggled so heavily with giving up points and giving up yards and facing really short field position that they have to guard and still, you know, not being able to get it done. This is going to make them go down the field. That's going to make the uh, the opposing team march down the field. They're, they're going to make them work for it. You know, instead of already giving them a little bit of a helping hand, not being able to, you know, pin them deep. And I'm super excited for that. Bradley Pinion, you have love in Tampa. <laughs> Super excited to have you down here, as well as well as the other guys. I'm not putting any of our free agencies down, our free agents down. These guys are phenomenal. I love every single one of these signings. They all have a purpose. They all are great prices. They're all prove it deals, and I think all, every single one of these guys has the opportunity to come back to Tampa next season on a longer deal. These guys have the talent. They're just looking for their shot. And I am, for one, am super excited. Um, but that's just, like I said, an, an unpopular opinion, so to say. Um, another unpopular opinion, maybe not so unpopular, is the draft. The draft is coming upon us, fellow Bucks fans. At the time of this recording, it is April 5th, 2019. The draft is 20 days away. Possibly the biggest draft the Bucks have had in recent years, besides the signing of Jameis Winston in 2014. 2015? 2015? I'm sorry, it's been a very long day. <laughs> but um, with the signing you know, of Jameis Winston, there was this, this new you know, roar of excitement in Tampa. People were excited to see him play. People were, you know becoming Bucks, be, quote-unquote, becoming Bucks fans. 
you know, they were excited. They bought in. They showed up to games. They, you know, they really had a passion about everything. They got excited. There was, you know, some moxie going on. And I think the Bucks need to nail this draft in order to bring that back to Tampa. All the pieces are coming together. They have the head coach, the winning head coach, the proven head coach. Who can get it done? Who can take them to the promised land if they work like they should, if they produce like they should? They have the new coaching staff. They have the guys surrounding their key players that can get the maximum potential, the maximum output out of these guys if they let them. They've added the few pieces they've needed. At linebacker, they've replaced the speed wide receiver. They've added some help at running back. You know, they've, they're slowly filling the holes they've needed to get this, this thing really going. You know, Jameis is coming on this prove-it-year. This is the time for him to really show if he can be a franchise quarterback. Can he be the face of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers franchise, or is it time to move on? You've got some older guys like Gerald McCoy, if he's still here, JPP, Levante David. You know, these guys who are starting to get up there in age, they really want, you know, a chance to, to show what they can do. You know, they want to take their talents to the playoffs. They want to put it on a winning team. They want to have that pride back. They want to be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, not just, oh, yeah, that's Tampa Bay. You know, they want to be feared. You know, you got guys on offense like Mike Evans who has had the quietest career that I've ever seen. This guy is criminally underrated. Chris Godwin, who's starting to bring himself onto the scene. Peyton Barber, who really hasn't had his shot. You know, they've got... All of this talent that can just be, you know, all this talent, all of these guys, if put together and coached well and just who work together and really just put it all together can be something special. And the Bucks with the fifth pick overall have a chance to really just put the, the missing piece, the special ingredient, the, the chemical X, if you will, the, the X factor into this team and really, you know, surprise the NFL. Because right now, no one's picking the Bucks to win more than five, six games this year. Everyone's counting them out. Sure, there was a little bit of, you know, spark when the Bucks hired Bruce Arians, but it was, oh, they lost to Son Jackson? Oh, they're not going to do anything. Oh, Quan Alexander is gone? Oh, there goes their winning. Oh, Adam Humphreys is a Titan now? Oh, man, well, there goes their offense. This is going to be a, yeah, we'll show you year for the Bucks. They need to prove to themselves, to the NFL, that they are a winning football team. They are someone to be talked about and not laughed at. And it all starts on April 25th. Who do they pick? In my opinion, if they were to stay at 5th overall, there's three guys that I want at 5 overall. That I really, really want at 5th overall. Number one, Josh Allen out of Kentucky. He's, I mean, obviously I'd love Nick Bosa as well. I just don't see it happening realistically. And Josh Allen is also a long shot at this point. But Josh Allen is going to be a problem for teams. He's going to be an instant game-wrecking player just like Khalil Mack, just like Aaron Donald. And coming in right behind him for me at number two would be Quentin Williams out of Alabama. 
He's also going to be that guy that you have to account for every single play, every single down. He's going to make this presence known, both he and Josh Allen will. And I 100% believe that. Those guys next to Vita Vea and Carl Nassib, JPP, Jerome McCoy, if he's here, that's going to make one nasty front seven defense. That's going to make one nasty line. But, and in this, you know, everyone's very high on Devin White. I, you know, before I say this, I would love Devin White in Red and Pewter. I'm not discounting anything he does, anything he's shown. I would love him here in Tampa. But at number five, number five overall, if they can't move back, I'd really love Ed Oliver out of Houston. And I say this for two reasons. The first reason is the Bucks really need to focus on building their trenches now while they can. Like I said earlier, Gerald McCoy may not even be here at the start of the season. JPP is getting up there in age, and he still has the motor. I'm not saying, you know, he hasn't shown what he can do, and I'm not taking anything away from him again, but, you know, Father Time is undefeated. The Bucks have to think of, well, what's going to be in three to five years? You know, who are you going to have? You have Vita Vea, who's, you know, still very, very young and who's come into his own. Carl Nassib showed that he can do some very special things on that line. You know, but who do you have after that? You know, you have the the Bo Allens and the 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 William Golstons, but who's really going to be there in three years? You know, you add Ed Oliver in, onto that side, and now you have three very three or four very young guys that can get it done. Noah Spence could also be moved down. You know, given his shot in this new defense, you know, you have a very young, solid line at that point. You have guys that are going to be around for five, six, seven years and that can get it done and really, you know, move move the line and get to the ball and, you know, cause turnovers, so on and so forth. You know, and the trenches are the biggest thing. If you can't create pressure... You can't win football games. The Bucks have seen that the past two seasons when they had the league lowest, what was it, 22 sacks in the league? You can't win football games if you can't turn the ball over or you can't take the ball away. You can't win football games if you're letting the team, the opposing team march down the field and put up 30, 40 points on you. It's not going to happen. If you let them get down there with ease and you don't, you know, you don't disrupt the quarterback and you don't make him feel like he's not at home, even if they play at home, if you make him feel like he can set up a, a desk in there and sit down and, you know, play on his computer, he's going to torch you all day long. The Bucks really have to, you know, at this point be thinking, what is our five-year plan? Who's going to be here? Who's going to be, like I said earlier, the next Gerald McCoy that we build this defense around? Is it going to be Via Vea? Is it going to be Carl Nassib? Is it going to be Noah Spence? Or is it going to be someone that they bring in this year? Now, now let's just say the Bucks move down. They can move back with... I don't think it'll be Miami. Only because I think they are for Tua. Or maybe they're there for, you know, one of these other quarterbacks. I'm sorry. I don't watch a lot of college football. Um, I've done my research for the draft. I don't have a college football team. If you'd like me to root for your college football team or recruit me to your team... That's fine, but as of right now, I went to a community college for my college education. <laughs> I don't have any ties to any colleges, but I'm looking for one. So y'all can hit me with your suggestions. I'll be I'm happy to take suggestions. Um, but if the Bucks can move back, 
in this draft to maybe with Washington who needs a cornerback or a quarterback. You know, because honestly, I don't believe Case Keenum is really the answer, even though he tortures the Bucks every single time they play him. For whatever reason, the Bucks love to lose to backup cornerbacks. That has blown my mind. Um, but you know, if they can trade back with maybe even Jacksonville or. Or if the Giants really want to make a leap up, you know, anything can happen on draft day. It, you can't really count any team out. You can't really mark any team to really, you know, have their plan already set out, except for maybe the Arizona Cardinals. You're not fooling anybody. At this point, I really feel like you can you can take a permanent marker and write Kyler Murray at number one, but um, anything can happen. And that's why I feel like if they can find a trade partner suitable where they they don't have to trade back too far, I'd love Devin White. You know, trade back a couple spots, get Devin White, acquire another second and third or a second and fourth pick, um, or even Devin Bush. You know, that would be my, my top five, six guys in order would be Josh Allen, Quinnen Williams, Ed Oliver at five. Devin White and Devin Bush. You know, those guys are going to all be instant stars. But, you know, I'm just not sold at this point on Devin White at five. He reminds me more of a Quan player. He reminds me of a very emotional, very vocal leader. You know, he has the instincts. He has the speed, has the power, has, you know, all of these great qualities that you'd love to have in a linebacker. And I think he'll be one of the best linebackers, you know, in the league in a couple of years, maybe even his rookie year. Kind of like Derwin James was one of the best safeties in the league. Um, but he's very raw. I feel like he's just very... He bites a lot on some of these tackles he may goes to make. I feel like he bites very hard. Um, he misses some tackles that he should make, kind of like a Quan situation. And I love Quan. This is not me picking on him at all. But I just feel like the Bucks need someone that they can plug and play right now, and you know, will make that difference. And, and like I said, I'm not mad if we take Devin White. I'm just saying I feel like the trenches are more of a need right now, and I think them addressing the linebacker position the way they did in free agency kind of hints towards that. Like I said, I think Dion Buchanan is more than capable of being a starter. Shaq Barrett's going to be a stud. I think that Denver, and now Denver has, you know, Von Miller and Bradley Chubb. You can't blame them for him being a third string. But just in the small sample size that Shaq Barrett has had, he has caused some major damage to players. I actually put up a a video of him destroying Tom Brady and that and I have fallen in love with this guy as a player. He is going to be a force to be reckoned with. But I just don't see a linebacker being taken fifth overall when they added two new linebackers um, to the squad, bringing back Kevin Minter. Um, you know, Darius Glanton is gone. I don't know about Cam Lynch. And as of right now, we haven't heard anything about Kendall Beckwith. But realistically, I don't think he will play football. Um, only because of how quiet things have been. We're now less than three weeks away from the draft and nothing has been said. Nothing's been posted. No mentions, no leakage of anything. While the offseason has been very quiet coming out of one buck place. And I think that's just the way that Bruce Arian rolls. He likes to keep his business his business and rightfully so. You know, no one should really know your battle plan until you're ready. But the way they've reloaded this linebacking core... 
I just don't see why they can't go after a linebacker in the second or third round or maybe move back into the first round and take Devin Bush or take, you know, some of these other guys. Um, I think that maybe the trenches, the defensive line is a little bit more of an issue right now, especially with what may happen with Gerald McCoy, um, as well as guys like Noah Spence. Now, you can never have too many linebackers in a 3-4. I understand that. Um, a 3-4 requires a bunch of rotational linebackers. But, you know, you also need rotational defensive tackle depth. And they just signed someone this the la- two days ago or yesterday um, from Houston who was on the practice squad, which is great in its depth and everything. But I just feel like the trenches are an issue Still, I still think the Bucks are lacking a little bit in the pass rush, and I know blitzing linebackers and blitzing safeties, blitzing corners will make all the difference. I feel like the defensive scheme that Todd Bowles has will make all the difference, but I also feel like Todd Bowles would like a new toy, you know? <laughs> um, him having the, 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 the younger guys as well as the veteran leaders in JPP and Gerald McCoy, I think will mold this defense to be something that can be scared again. So that's just my opinion. Like I said, this is an episode of unpopular opinions. Um, but I really feel like at this point, Ed Oliver over Devin White is the way to go at five. If, of course, Josh Allen and Quentin Williams aren't available. Alright guys, the last segment of today's podcast is going to be spent talking about the players the Buccaneers did let leave in free agency and why it was the best decision they could have made. Again, this will be (laughs) keeping right in stream with unpopular opinions because when I voiced these opinions on Twitter, I got a little bit of backlash, which is just fine. I'm all open to opinions and discussions with you guys. That's my favorite part of Talking Bucks football, is interacting with you guys and getting your opinions, getting your thoughts. So, you know, the more the merrier. Like I said, you guys are always welcome to comment and let me know how you feel about these subjects. I love it. I really do. All right, so let's jump right into it. Um, It's really no secret that the Buccaneers let two of their players, two players in general, that have really, really put on for the Bucks um, in Quan Alexander and Adam Humphreys. Um, Quan Alexander obviously coming off of an ACL tear, very unfortunate, um, a very big blow to the defense. You know, he was the heart and soul of the defense. Um, there was, you know, crying in the locker room and there was just an all, you know, just a very overwhelming sense of of doom almost in the locker room once he went down and was, you know, out for the season. But in my opinion, I feel like letting him go was the best thing the Bucks could have done. Um, the league is looking more and more expensive as the years go on. And for players like Quan Alexander, who, like I've compared to Devin White, is very flashy, very fast, very, you know, passionate, that vocal leader, um, see ball get ball mentality you know but over the past maybe season and a half in my opinion Quan Alexander's tackling has been an issue for me um some of the times when he bites towards running backs or tight ends he gets burnt very badly and I think that the Bucks not overpaying him was a great job on their part you know he got his money and I'm very happy for him I wish him nothing but the best I'll be following his career in San Francisco and hoping he does nothing but great things but I believe that for the Bucks organization and what they have planned 
what Bruce Arians wants to do with this team and the players they have already. I think that him getting paid that 13, what was I think it was 13, 14 million dollars by the, I'm sorry, 13, 14 million dollars a year by the San Francisco 49ers and not being paid that much by the Bucks um, really helps them. It helps them not only this year with cap space and not having to make more cuts, um, but also in the next couple seasons to come when they have a little bit more money to spend on players that they think will become available in the next year or so. Um, and I think that maybe Bruce Arians felt there were players out there who could fill that role, who could really, you know, step up to the plate and be that LB2 like Shaq Barrett and Deion Buchanan. Um, like I said, nothing against Quan Alexander. Um, love the guy when he was here. Um, we'll still support him in every single way, but I feel like coming off a of knee surgery, you're just not the same. When you come off an ACL tear, you know, you're just not as fast. There's some rehab to go into it. There's just a lot of uncertainty, and I don't think the Bucks were willing to take that risk, you know, paying a player that much money coming off a of major surgery, not seeing, you know, if they still have it. And I believe that Juan will be just fine, like I said, but, you know, San Francisco took the risk the Bucks weren't willing to make. And I think for both parties, that was the best possible situation for me, for him and the Bucks. Um, moving on to Adam Humphreys. Adam Humphreys, as you guys all know, really became the security blanket for Jameis Winston. Um, when no one was open, when Deshaun Jackson couldn't get open, when Mike Evans couldn't get open, when Cam Braid couldn't get open, or Orgy Howard, Adam Humphreys was frantically scurrying around trying to make a play, trying to get open, trying to break tackles, spin out of tackles, get upfield, get yards after the catch, and really be that Swiss Army knife that the Bucks had on the offensive side of the ball. And as unfortunate as it was, there really wasn't any real realm of possibility of the Bucks really signing him back for the amount of attention he was going to get. Um, you know, there were teams that saw Adam Humphreys going to be a free agent and really get to choose his destiny and were looking at their chops because they knew they could get this guy away from the Bucks. The Bucks didn't have the money to pay him, <clears throat> excuse me, upwards of 10, 11, 12, 13,000, 13 million dollars a year you know, as a third-string receiver for the Bucks, <clears throat> Which is fine. I mean, Adam Humphreys was a very solid guy. He put up great numbers. He was always a team player. He gave 110% every single play, every single day, every single game. And he'll be missed around here. But I feel like him moving on and getting the contract to really... That'll help him financially. And the Bucks again, not spending money that they don't have this year really will help them in the long run. I think that signing Brashad, <clears throat> signing, signing Perriman um, off of the Cleveland Browns to replace the John Jackson, you know, now they have Mike Evans, who is a top five wide receiver, in my opinion, in the league. <coughs> Chris Godwin, who's really coming into his own and can really fill that number two slot and has shown that he has the speed and the strength and just the balls, the, the hands and the ball skills and just the wide receiver body to just, you know, post guys out like Mike Evans does and can really be that next solid option. And you bring a guy in like Perriman, who has, you know, yet to really prove himself on the field with that speed that can burn guys, you know. 
Adam Humphreys would be that third, fourth receiver on that team. You know, you're not going to pay a guy $10-11 million a year to be a third or fourth string. So, as unfortunate as it was to have those guys leave the team and not be in Peter and Red, and it'll hurt, you know, seeing them in different uniforms this year, but I'll be cheering them on. Um, I really feel like it was the best decision they could have made. You know, the Bucks would have had to somehow make... Let's see, if they were to get the contracts they did with the Buccaneers at the same numbers, they would have had to somehow make, what, $26 million become available? It just wasn't plausible. It was just the best decision for both sides of the ball. And, you know, there's one other free agent that got signed that a lot of people really weren't talking about, um, which kind of surprised me a little bit because he played very well, is... um, Adarius Taylor. And Adarius Taylor, I'm actually friends with on Facebook. Um, He's a really great guy. He really gives himself, you know, pride. He's that guy who's a little bit more soft-spoken. But when he gets on the field, you just see him come alive. He's fast. He's instinctive. He reads the quarterback's eyes. And, you know, the play, he can sniff out very well. He intercepted, I believe, Drew Brees last season, you know. He's a guy who didn't get a lot of opportunities on the Buccaneers. But is, you know, I think really going to shape up nicely. I think he went to the Browns. I think he's really going to show up nicely for them. Um, it's a shame they couldn't keep him around for a little bit of a cheaper contract. But Adarius Clayton, like I said, on stats, you know, stats are great. And when you see Adarius, Clayton, Adarius Taylor's stats, you're not going to see anything that really pops out at you. But when he has been asked to play, he's played very well and very solid. He's someone you can depend on and be that, you know, if a guy goes down, next man up. And that next man up is going to be someone you can depend on and not just someone that is there filling a hole. You know what I mean? Um... But I think with Todd Bowles' defense, he has his guys in mind as well as, you know, Bruce Arians. And I think once they saw that Deion Buchanan, who they've already worked with, as well as Shaq Barrett, you know, a guy who is a third string but will be a first string linebacker, he has, I have no doubt in my mind. You know, and you bring guys back like Kevin Minter, who also played very solid before he got injured, and the uncertainty of Kellum, I'm sorry. Kendall Beckwith, you know, you just couldn't pay that extra money for another linebacker when they might take one in the draft. So, as much as seeing all three of those players go um, and see them in other teams, I really will be rooting for them. Um, I'm very happy with how the Bucks handled the offseason, the free agency. I really feel like these players that they did sign will be very impactful. I feel like the guys they let go um, were for a reason, though very unfortunate. They have you know, there are new journeys ahead of them, and I think that, you know, there will be more unfortunate cuts to come with the cap salary issue, but, you know, that's for them to decide at this point. Cam Bray and Gerald McCoy might be the, maybe the most gut-wretching yet if they are let go due to cap casualty, but we'll just have to wait and see on that one. Alright guys, that's going to do it for the third installment of the Talk the Playing podcast. Um, Just really quick, I will have some new articles coming out in the next few days. I'm very sorry I've had to take some time off the writing. Um, I've been, you know, working very hard with work. A couple things have just been very hectic for me, but I will get back into a full schedule swing. Um, I will have one coming out for each. I have one coming out for all things Tampa Bay Bucks in a couple of days. 
And I also have one coming up for NFL Fan Blitz. I'll leave the topics to be to de- you know to be determined. Um, I plan on making a set schedule for the podcast as well. I'm still working on some things. Seeing what days you guys are most um, interested in having them be dropped. Um, but other than that, you guys, thank you again for tuning in. And until next time. The podcast you just heard was made using Anchor. Ever thought about making your own podcast? Anchor makes it really easy for anyone to get started. It's a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing podcasts. Best of all, it's 100% free. Sign up now at anchor.fm slash new. That's anchor.fm slash new to get started.